doing out there? Welcome back to well, Spitting well, Truth well. with Titus. Good evening, number 167. Another glorious show as we deep dive into the deepest, darkest depths of this digital AI Illuminati new wizard order. So, what's up out there, everybody? EC Boxy, A Blip, Art Queen, Fledgling, Mr. Abaddon. Everybody's on D Live. The Pirates are over on D Live. But we also have Gary Meccano, 420 Proto Man, TFC Jedi. So, mad people filtering in, and Kenny Powers over there on YouTube. So, <clears throat> we're, starting, we're starting the show. Welcome, everybody. We have lots of stuff to discuss tonight. One of those things is the future of the pirate crew and where we're going to start trying to broadcast. So right now we're on YouTube and we're on DLive, but I think we might have to add a new place soon. And I'm thinking of multiple different venues to go to, but DLive gave us our answer finally as to whether they were going to re-monetize the channel and allow people like me to be partners or if they were going to say all political content is not monetizable and none of you will be partners and DLive has decided to go with the censorship route so they're not going to re-monetize the channel we're going to lose our partnership which means the replays will not be available on DLive anymore because no one will be able to subscribe and it's just going to fall apart so <clears throat> We're going to have to move from DLive. So this is how the, the pirate ship that goes, though. We go from one cove to another cove. The East India Trading Company finds us. We battle it out for a while. And then we move to a new strategic cove. <laughs> okay? So this is what happens. Anyways, <clears throat> let's uh, enjoy DLive tonight and enjoy YouTube tonight. For as long as YouTube lasts, and we're not leaving DLive, but we're going to start maybe promoting Rockfin or Odyssey or maybe something else. I don't know. I'll take a look around and see what has more people on it. But we're also still on YouTube, so promote the YouTube channel because that's how we'll reach normies when we start breaking the YouTube algorithms and start reaching people again. Let's get into the show. Yeah. 
now literally share your thoughts with someone else. But AI can do more than social media. It is AI. AI is running social media. But AI can do more than that. AI is essentially evolving to become like human intelligence. And then it's going to go beyond human intelligence. And at that point, humans are expendable. Remain unchecked. What is, where do we go from there? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Bad thing. Retinal chips that you buy at the mall are high tech. Our military is light years ahead of that. that the United States sponsors some sort of super soldier program is not just untrue, it's patently absurd. Next question. Neural control. Voluntary limb replacement. This is happening. The only question that remains is how far will we allow it to go? Diseases or viruses that could wipe out the human race. Happening on this planet is a mass fear mongering. The mainstream media pushing this narrative. The officer suffered severe injuries. After incident, you need to be afraid because they are coming for you. You will not be made slaves. just noticed over on DLive that I forgot to put the tags on so it's listed as like main page DLive because I forgot to switch everything so <laughs> oh well this might be the we might get suspended on DLive after this one tonight oh well <laughs> it's been nice knowing you DLive everyone uh, I guess is allowed to uh this will be a monetized stream for as long as it lasts on DLive. <laughs> Whoops. I'm not going to change what I'm going to talk about tonight just because I forgot to hit those things. So, oh well. <clears throat> but hey, anyways, this is a YouTube safe broadcast anyway, so there should be nothing to worry about. Um, <clears throat> we're going to start off, of course, YouTube. Just so any YouTube people out there that might be monitoring the stream, this is just a comedy stream. That's why I put the comedy tag on. 
We're just going to be watching cat videos, YouTube. Susan Wojcicki. This is a cat video comedy channel. Watch. See, there's like a cat here on the screen. Don't worry about what we're going to talk about later. <laughs> this is called Disarming the Artificial Intelligence. Can't, I can change that at any time, Joe Bowers. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll just pretend I didn't see that comment. Oh, well. I guess we're just going to have to sit on the front page of DLive. Oh, well. Oh, I guess if they're just going to censor us and all that crap, we'll just have to sit on their front page until they boot us and force their hand. <clears throat> Anyways, here's another funny dog video. Okay. Okay. All right, artificial intelligence. We're just watching funny dog videos and stuff. Oh my goodness, was that funny? That dog screamed like a, like a person. <laughs> And then check out this video. This is the best driver I've seen in a while. Yeah, see this shit? Look at this shit. What the fuck? Theft Auto live. <laughs> it's still going too. Like he doesn't stop. Like whoa, nope. He recovers. Nice. He's moving too. He's booking it. some talent right there like come on now you have to i wouldn't even give him a ticket if i was a cop and i saw that shit i'd be like all right dude that that took some talent i'll just give it to you <laughs> just get get it to where you're going <laughs> just maybe slow down a little <laughs> pope francis one world religious prayer at the tower of babel what what is uh you know marco bergoglio up to now the uh, the Jesuit who bathed his uh, hands in blood. Oh wait, sorry, YouTube. <laughs> we're, we're 
We're not talking about anything bad. We're still watching cat videos. Anyways, Pope Francis made his way up through the Jesuit ranks by bathing in the blood of children and women in Argentina during what was called Argentina's Dirty War. He stated that around Christmas, he was going to retire because he was going to follow in the footsteps of the previous pope or whatever. Well, this asshole is still in the power, and he's still head Jesuit in charge. And now what's he up to? Some one world religious prayer at the Tower of Babel. The ancient site in Ur and Iraq will be the stage for an inter-religious prayer service held by Marco Bergoglio next week. An event local archaeologists hope will draw renewed attention to the place revered as the birthplace of Abraham. Right, so, you know, the head Jesuit in charge doing giant satanic ritual at... Uh, this site here. I mean, it's pretty much what's going on there. Interestingly, and Dabu7 covered this, they found new Dead Sea Scrolls, supposedly, in the Cave of Horrors, of all places. <laughs> so, what Dabu described. This is Dabu7. We have Israeli archaeologists announcing today the discovery of dozens of new Dead Sea Scrolls, or fragments of the scrolls, that bear biblical text that were found in a desert cave that date back nearly 1,900 years. Now, they have Greek writing on them, and this is what's very interesting. They say that this is from the books of Zechariah and Nahum, and they date back to the first century AD based on the writing style and according to the Israeli antiquity authorities here. They say that these are the first new scrolls to be found within the past 60 years of excavations in the area. Now, the Dead Sea Scrolls are a collection of Jewish texts found in desert caves in the West Bank near Qumran in the 1940s and 50s. They date from the 3rd century BC to the 1st century AD. They include the earliest known copies of biblical text and documents outlining the beliefs of a little understood Jewish sect that was responsible for putting this all together. All kinds of secrecy always surrounding this stuff. And when these releases come out, you handle them almost like you're handling Egypt in their antiquities division. How they sit on ancient stuff all the time, and we know that they are. And then they release it at their time of choosing. Regardless, they're saying that this is the latest bit. And that this is connected to the cave called the Cave of Horrors. More information here at this link that I'll leave below, but I'm going to expand on this on the next live stream. Make sure to join us. Going live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern over on DLive, breaking stories like this down further. Hope so that's from Dabu7 over there, and that's uh, a clip he put out on YouTube regarding this. And one of the interesting things from the Dead Sea Scrolls is, <clears throat> despite the fact that the Bible has been translated countless times and like, there's all different types of versions of the Bible, like thousands and thousands of different versions. They're all still, like, when you look at, like, the underlying stories, especially from, like, the main Bibles, they all still match what was found 
from thousands of years ago. It's like the word of God, despite mankind's best attempts to alter it, has uh, still remained like there in written form available for people to access so they can have a connection with God for thousands of years somehow. It's like no matter how hard the Illuminati try, they can't seem to uh, erase the word of God. <clears throat> Thank you very much there, Desert Ghost. <laughs> so, so, now we have our woke military. <laughs> and I was asking, like, a guy that's a veteran, I was like, dude, like, why would they need... I, I still can't understand this. Why would you need a maternity flight suit? That doesn't make any sense. If a woman is pregnant, she's not flying a fucking jet aircraft or a helicopter. That's, like, not a thing. The, especially, like, a jet aircraft. The G-forces are, like, insane. They would never let some pregnant woman fly a jet fighter. <laughs> so why are they wasting money on that type of shit? It's just like, oh, yeah. This is the plan to destroy America and have us be replaced by the Chinese model that can be, you know, built on robotics and things where they don't have to worry about issuing orders to human beings that might act like the woke people here. I mean, they've transformed the youth into this, like, awful, woke, soy-filled like just and they've done this in all the countries like even china has a problem with their youth being a bunch of soy filled like libtard morons right <laughs> so like obviously what we're going to be talking a lot about tonight is they're replacing the human being with robotics and two of the main things that they're targeting to do that are the military and the police forces which is why they're using their big multinational corporations to push for replacing the police with robotics, which we've covered a lot on this channel. But also, and more importantly, they are now starting to really demonize the military with this whole woke military stuff to therefore replace the woke military dudes with robots. Because they won't be woke. They'll just do whatever they're told, right? This is this is what they're doing. This is the big psyop. <clears throat> but this is hilarious, too. The woke military shit is absolutely hilarious. It's like, what do you think? China's worried about this shit? And, like, look at these guys. So, like, some dude... You, you mean to tell me some dude at West Point literally posted this shit to social media and wasn't like court-martialed immediately with his face like proudly displaying communism will win as a west point graduate like i just i somehow i don't believe that unless they're like running some sort of psych unless this is like the top you know graduate in psychological operations command <laughs> you know like and they're like yeah let's just put this out there so that, like, everyone sees this, you know. So we can be like, look, even the military is going communists. We can't have, you know, humans in the military. Let's have robots that would just love America and burn down villages with a blazing eagle painted on the side of the robot drone. 
<laughs> and here we go. Here, here's the state of America, though. I mean, there are some, like, really brainwashed people. This is, whoo, out there. But let's just get this down, chat. <laughs> chat. Uh, pirate crew. We need to, uh... We need we need to memorize this. If you're if you're white out there, you need to have this memorized and say this at least six times a day. Maybe even thirty-three times a day. <laughs> you guys ready? If you're white, yes, you are racist. Even if you think you're woke, we all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right so all the white people in my uh, live chat tonight you're all a bunch of racists okay if you're white you're obviously racist because you've benefited from all of this oppression <laughs> like what what oppression <laughs> so stupid did the are, are we pissed at the egyptians are they like like the Egyptian tourism industry is racist because it benefits from slavery. <laughs> no, we're not going there. That's not. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Chinese government is racist because they throw all the Muslims in concentration camps. <laughs> no, <laughs> not doing that on Chinese TikTok. Okay, let's get to our uh, our wonderful government. Let's see what they have to say. Very important stuff here, guys. This is not a joke. This is not clown world just being shoved down your throat to just make you angry and want to lash out at this nonsense. Excuse me. I got, I got some notes here. Very important things. Oh, Corona. Got to clean the Corona. Notebook. Okay. This is this was hard to memorize. Oh, she took the mask off. We're all going to die. Our commander in chief, President Joe Biden. Right. You, you needed notes for that. Do you also have dementia? But <laughs> he's switching up the like literally you needed notes for that. Our commander-in-chief, Joe Biden. Like, they, I didn't have to... What? <laughs> He's cleaning it again. What, what, didn't they just come here in, like, the same fucking car and shit? Don't they talk together all the time? Is it come all like, hey, Joe, here's your daily briefing on how I'm running the country for you. Like, that doesn't happen every day. Kamala doesn't run Joe down when he wakes up from his naps on how she's running the country. There he comes, Grandpa Thank Joe. Thank you, Madam Vice President. Madam Vice President. Not for long. It's hard to be what you can't see. What? It's hard to be what you can't see? Oh, man, dude. Like, just put him out now. Just just put him out now. Just, he's done. He's done. He's toast. He's absolutely toast. 
<laughs> he has no idea what's going on. Dude, it's hard to be sane when you've got, like, a, the worst dementia that any president's ever had. Goodbye. He's not even going to make 100 days at this point. It's getting so bad. <laughs> and it's another thing that I predicted, by the way, and I trolled David Hogg relentlessly on Twitter when he was saying he was going to make his uh, own pillow company. <laughs> oh, David Hedgehog. Oh, man, I hate to break it to you, but being a whiny liberal bitch doesn't, uh, you know, normally work well with uh, building a business. When you're like main thing is figuring out what charities you're going to donate to instead of like, you know, figuring out vendors or figuring out, you know, operations. Uh, yeah, that's not a good start. Like this was and you got all the free press in the world. If any business got the free press that you got, they should have like a massive like free customer base, like be able to just start off the ground running. But because you're a LARPing moron <laughs> that is run basically by the FBI to take away everyone's Second Amendment rights, well, it didn't go well for you, did it? How many pillows have they shipped? How many pillows has Good Pillow shipped? <sighs> Anyone? Anyone have a guess? How many pillows has Good Pillow? Not my pillow. My pillow is like a big successful company. I'm talking Good Pillow, the the David Hedgehog <laughs> fucking pillow company. I mean, they can't even make a motherfucking pillow company. We're not asking you to you know send rockets to uh, Greenland or Mars or whatever you want to call it. We're just asking you to build a pillow company as you said you would, and you got tons of free press to do. Not one single fucking pillow has been made. <laughs> of course, if you said less than six million pillows, you're totally anti-David Hedgehog-ish, or whatever. You're anti-whatever, uh, hog-ish. <laughs> Moving on, speaking about symbols in plain sight, so... This is like an old tweet. You can see January 24, 2016, I put this out when I was like deep diving into Saturn symbolism. And I was just, you know, saw this. It popped up. Someone had like liked it and hit my notification. So I retweeted it to re-red pill people. But these are like the symbols of the powers that should not be, right? <clears throat> and that's where like all this stuff comes from. They show like, you know, the, the company Jack in the Box you have Lucifer always coming out of the hypercube. You know, Saturn coming out of the cube, which is all representative of the same thing. Like, this is what they're showing you over and over again. That's why they put this on the Israeli flag. Because it has nothing to do with the Star of David or whatever. That's a bunch of nonsense. This is the Remfan star, which is Saturn. <clears throat> and uh the grammys happened before we get into like the serious deep dive stuff i'm just covering like random news first and uh the grammys which is uh random dumb news 
basically, as we all knew before anyone saw it, and no one should have watched it, just a bunch of Hollywood, you know, predators and pedos were awarded prizes for being degenerates on stage and LARPing while putting themselves on the back for doing nothing. <laughs> like, what, what, why... Every year they have like eight or nine awards shows for these assholes and they just all meet up and they're like, yay, I won an award, yay. And the Grabbles are like, yes, now bend over. <laughs> Good boy, Tommy Hanks. If you don't do what I say, I'm going to punch you in the eye. <laughs> I'll send you to John of God for eye surgery. <laughs> You know, like, seriously, like, what, what, what in the fuck does Hollywood do to be winning awards? They have the Grammys, the, there's like 50 of them. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Who watches this shit? Who's like, oh, yay, it's the Grammys. I'm gonna just spend my whole night watching a bunch of assholes that rape children, like, give themselves awards. Yay. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous so here's a better uh, Grammy Awards show our next performer is a real trailblazer a modern-day hero please give it up for the man the legend the greatest president of all time right there that could have been the whole thing it would have had better ratings a minute and 11 seconds that's all you needed it's the only thing you should have done this year anyways <clears throat> and uh just so you know uh one of the things i thought we might do with the show since it's so long and a lot of it's just audio anyways is maybe <clears throat> we'll become like a podcast so I'll just take the audio from this and put it onto a podcast, and that'll just be an audio version of the show. So that could be a possible venue that we uh, explore as part of uh, trying to expand out there into the digital sea and Shanghai more people into the crew, mateys. <laughs> but just in case we do decide to do that, um, you know, people watching this might already be warned. Because they can see, what does this say? Gates of hell. The sound you hear as you enter the gates of hell. And they can see Kamala Harris on the screen. So, like, they know what I'm about to play is probably about to break their ears if they're watching headphones. 
So, yes. <laughs> Just absolutely headphone sound warning. This is the sound you will hear as you enter the gates of hell. Poor hubby. Poor hubby. <laughs> Not- I can't take it anymore. I literally can't take it. That woman's laugh haunts my fucking dreams. She is the worst fucking laugh ever. Imagine actually being married to that shit and having to hear that all the time. I'd be like, she'd be like, what do you want to watch tonight? I'd be like, a horror movie. We're watching a horror movie. She'd be like, what about a comedy? I'd be like, fuck no, we're never watching a comedy. Horror movies, depressing dramas only. No comedies, Kamala. <laughs> Frontman for two... Frontman or front row. What's the name? Let me go back to it. It's like, I'd bang that. Frontman for two, two, two. I'd fuck her. Nice. <laughs> nice admission there, Frontman. <laughs> Got that recorded live on air. Thank you very much. And yeah, sorry for the swearing in the family-friendly section on DLive. But fuck you, DLive, for demonetizing everybody, you fucking assholes. Oh, sorry, was that not family-friendly for your, your homepage? Oh, so sorry. Oh, we're just going to ban the captain and everyone else that's interesting from our stupid little platform that no one gives a shit about. The only reason people even watch it is because content creators brought everyone over here. (laughs) Does Ben have Twitter? This dude, like, he's a liberal, but this is still a hilarious point. They have, like, we have enough money to, like, fucking shoot goddamn rocket ships off the launch pad, have them land again and explode on the launch pad, but we don't have enough money to, you know, feed people around the world. There's still children dying of starvation in America, but we can, like, launch shit at Greenland. Like, what is going on? We can bomb the shit out of Syria and, like, kill more people in some other country for no reason whatsoever, but uh, we can't feed our own people in this country. You know, you have people... that in America are, like, literally dying from obesity. Like, massive amounts of the population dying from obesity because they eat too much. But somehow we still have, like, all of this despair. Like, it's just awful. So this guy nails it, and this is uh, meme-worthy, obviously. 
Oh, come on, it's going to make me open it up on Twitter. It's like, Ben, see a lot of promises unkept. They're putting that stimulus check on the back burner. They're putting the minimum wage hike on the back burner. And they're dropping bombs in Syria right now. And those bombs are kind of expensive for a dude who owes him $2,000. And see, here's the thing where he doesn't get it. Like, this guy's on the path to the truth, but he's just not there yet. Raising the minimum wage just increases the amount of money that the Federal Reserve is printing. So you're just giving more money to the banksters. That would be fine if, like, we didn't have a Federal Reserve system. But with the current system in place, allowing them to just print more and more and more and more and more and cause more and more inflation is just bad. And <clears throat> that's where the $2,000 came from as well. So, like, all of that's bad. So, you know, obviously we want them to stop bombing countries, but we also want to stop the communism. But that is hilarious kind of take on that. Like, how the fuck are you dropping $200,000 cruise missiles when you haven't paid me my two grand? <laughs> Where's my money, motherfucker? Playing with my money's like playing with my emotions. <clears throat> and here we go. The, the stimulus checks are out. And, uh, you know, society is just going well. <laughs> this is uh, how society's going so far. White on white crime is just like off the charts these days. These white supremacists everywhere are just fucking awful. If this was anyone else, it would be super peaceful, but these white supremacists are just off the fucking chain. takedown and a half. See how he put the leg behind his other leg and just nailed, like, that was a perfect takedown. <laughs> his head price. Not not liking it too much. <clears throat> Alright, so anyways. Remember I told you guys that the uh, mansion was being sold in New York City? Well, we now know who the buyer is, uh, right before the show went live, EC Boxy dropped this, and I saw Big Fish had tweeted this out earlier today. <clears throat> so, of course, who, who else would be buying it but the grabblers at Goldman Sachs? Goldman Sachs trading executive is the mystery buyer of Jeffrey Epstein's $51 million New York City mansion after raking in big Bitcoin gains. <laughs> so one of the people who is big into Bitcoin and making big money on Bitcoin is a former Goldman Sachs trading executive. 
Right, right, right. <clears throat> and I, I like cryptocurrency and all that type of stuff, but Bitcoin has never, ever been the decentralized answer to the system. Bitcoin is just an idea. There's other answers to it, like Hive currency, and there's other cryptocurrencies, like, you know, that are private, like Monero, and these other things where the transactions are not public. But Bitcoin's got to be a creation of the NSA. Like, it just has to be. The SHA code is, it's so goddamn obvious that the NSA made Bitcoin. <clears throat> A former, and you know, look at the people making big money on it. This Goldman Sachs trading exec. And don't get me wrong, I got into Bitcoin when Bitcoin was like $300 a coin. And I still hold Bitcoin and I've made money on Bitcoin. And there's nothing wrong with making money on something like Bitcoin. But um, it's obviously a creation of like, you know, the powers it shouldn't be. Um, you know, it just is. Goldman Sachs veteran Michael Daffy is buying Jeffrey Epstein's New York City home. Insider has learned. So $51 million. And that means <clears throat> because... <laughs> Daffy, a friend of the Bitcoin evangelist, Michael Novogratz, was early to invest in Bitcoin, the person said. As Bitcoin soared past 50 grand, Daffy looked to take some of those gains off the table. Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered that... <clears throat> One of the convicted sex offenders associates entities bought the trophy property on behalf of his longtime client, Les Wexner, in 1989. According to reviews by The Insider, the Wall Street Journal reported Epstein bought the home for $20 million in 98. But I heard that Leslie Wexner sold him the house for $1. <clears throat> that's, that's like what people have said. I don't know why this is uh, all changing now. But I thought that was interesting that all of a sudden they're trying to say that it wasn't a dollar. That, oh no, it was, tw it was 20 million. I'd love to see the receipt for that. So I'm pretty sure Leslie Wexner gave him that house. Where did Jeffrey Epstein come up with $20 million in 1998? <laughs> let's, let's see some receipts. I, that's total nonsense. He's giving it for a dollar. Everyone knows that. <clears throat> Anyways, we have it archived. See here, here's the guy, this Michael Daffy, the chairman of Goldman Sachs Group's uh, 
Inc.'s Global Markets Division, set to retire in March, according to an internal memo seen by Reuters. So this guy right here, this bankster, is about to take over the Epstein property, and he's about to retire from banking. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, interesting stuff, isn't it? Ex-Goldman executive bought Jeffrey Epstein's Manhattan mansion for $51 million. And of course, if you go here, <clears throat> Michael Daffy. Mr. Daffy serves on the UK trust board of trustees for the global fund for children of course so he's another one of these guys a diplomat big time money involved with children's charities and now he's buying the epstein mansion good find on that one uh ec boxy so we got it all archived um, and very, very interesting. Sales and head of fixed income and foreign exchange sales for EMEA. So this is the guy who bought the Epstein mansion. Taneo Holdings and Doug Band, Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein's connection. So you see here Taneo Holdings. Taneo is an international C-suite advisory firm and investment banking platform founded in June 2011 by Deshaun Kelly, Paul Keery, and Doug Band. Taneo currently has more than 670 employees in 12 divisions, including strategy, capital, intelligence, risk, consulting, restructuring, ventures, talent, diversity, and inclusion, sports, governance, and digital. Based in New York City with offices in 13 cities, including a major operation in London and Dubai. Among Taneo's clients are multinational Fortune 500 companies, philanthropies, full-on rapists, <laughs> and high net worth individuals. The firm markets and specific services such as corporate strategy, crisis management. Where have we seen that before? Oh yeah, with all the uh, <clears throat> false uh, Fs. Media relations, mergers and acquisitions, investor relations, corporate risk, and operational restructuring, among several dozen others. So this is one of these, uh, you know, companies that's <clears throat> Doug Band is the guy that was Bill Clinton's fixer. He was the guy that, if you looked in the Jeffrey Epstein, you know, black book, you'd see a bunch of numbers for Doug Band. Because Doug Band was the go-between between Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein. And here you have this Taneo Holding Companies, which is one of these big, you know, multinational corporations, right?
<laughs> Doug Band is shocked to discover the Clintons are slimy. Right. Right. Doug Band is shocked to discover the Clintons are slimy. Doug Band was like their cover-up artist. <laughs> to be sure, Band also gained a lot. His role as Clinton's gatekeeper made him a very wealthy man. In 2018, Band bought a $20 million Manhattan townhouse once owned by David Rockefeller, of all people. So, you know, this guy just happens to buy a Rockefeller property. They were just like, you know what, Doug Band, you're just such a you know useless nobody that we're going to give you a Rockefeller property and millions upon millions of dollars. Enough that you have the money to buy a $20 million townhouse in Manhattan. So there you go, Teneo Holdings and Doug Band. We already went through that, but that's that guy Doug Band is being brought up on like charges and stuff with the whole Epstein thing. So the hope is is that Doug Band will turn on Bill Clinton, and then we'll see Bill Clinton get arrested. I doubt that will happen, but that is the hope. <clears throat> Leon Black is another one of these guys we've talked about a lot over the years. Uh, he's also involved with the Jeffrey Epstein ring. But he's in talks with members to step down as chairman of MoMA. So here we have another art world connection where there's been a ton. There's the Sacklers, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But there's also uh, Bill Gates' house is an art museum. Yusuf Otaba's house. They have the Foundation for Art and Preservation of Embassies program. The Podestas, all their weird and sick artwork. Uh, Marina Abramovich is this like big time artist that goes around and does all these weird art performances. There's like a very, very big time connection to the high end art world and child trafficking. There just is. Like there's no way around it. Every time you find one of these complete sickos that's like one of these elites involved with the syndicate, they're always somehow tied to the art world. Like James Elephantis ran two art museums and one of them, because of who was funding it, directly ties him to the Nexium cult. So it's like, what, you know, it's just, it's so crazy. And then you have like, uh, R.C. Handler, let's just put it that way. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you can ask me in private. But, you know, and her connection to, like, Walter Pierce and all the weird, <clears throat> like, art modeling stuff where they have all these, like, weird models that were clearly people being trafficked. <clears throat> so, what's up there, memory hold? Pedophile high society personnel died in jail in Twitter, but the reverberations emanating the questions about how deeply his peers were involved. Nefarious activities are still being felt. In February, Leon D. Black, the chairman of the Museum of Modern Arts, stepped down from his role as 
Uh, Chief Executive of the powerful global equity firm, Apollo Global Management, after it was revealed that Black had once paid $158 million to Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> and now the New York Post is reporting that trustees of MoMA have been ongoing conversations with Black about his future at the museum. Of course. Oh, then there was that other one, which was like the Guggenheim lady, right? And like they were all involved in the Epstein thing as well. Like every like it's almost like every one of these high-end art museums has some weird strange connection to this like syndicate of people. And I the reason I think that is is because in the art world, you can say a piece of artwork is worth any amount of money you want. So if you wanted to launder money, there's literally no better way to do it. Because you could just say some piece of shit painting is worth $20 million and then you buy it from someone and you give them $20 million for the painting. The painting's a total piece of shit and the $20 million is really for whatever you're actually buying. But who the hell knows? Because art is all fucking subjective. Like, literally, like... I, I've looked at some stuff they say is worth like huge money in the art world and I'm like a child could have done that They're just throwing paint at a fucking canvas like it doesn't <laughs> that's exactly how it works so like don't even come at me with oh how do they uh, hide this stuff from the authorities I just told you <laughs> it's called laundering money it's the oldest trick in the book you say oh yeah this item is worth way more than it's worth and you're actually paying for something else and I think that's why they're all connected to the art world and like just look at Marina Abramovich and all the stuff like you know all the people she's connected to and that's all art or whatever they they call it art it's not art really but they can call anything art so <clears throat> now remember i was saying the uh, duke of york interview was a uh, thing to throw people off the prince andrew thing brother of galane maxwell <laughs> recognizes the setting of the duke of york photo prince andrew was thrust back into the spotlight today when the brother of socialite galane maxwell said he recognized the location of the famous photograph of uh, Virginia Roberts, the victim. <clears throat> so that famous photograph that was confirmed, that was one of the good things that Sean Atwood did, was he, was, he went to that Ghislaine Maxwell property and actually was able to, you know, peek in the door and be able to confirm that that stairwell and stuff was in that property there and that the Duke of York was at a Ghislaine Maxwell property um, that's actually how i came across sean atwood he hasn't done anything really important since but that was a good thing that he did back then <clears throat> and you know with this coming out that type of heat right there this is the type of heat the royal family really doesn't want they'd much rather deal with like a oh we're racist royal people scandal which everyone thinks anyways 
Like, you really think that, like, your average Antifa person is going to think that, like, the royal family is not racist? Like, like are you serious? <laughs> they think Mr. Fucking Potato Head's racist. Like, they think everything is racist. Of course the royal family's fucking racist. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I'm I'm married to a black lady, and they probably think I'm fucking racist. In fact, I know they do. My wife's like, yeah, I have friends who've been, like, concerned about you. I'm like, concerned about what? <laughs> do they watch my show, or do they just, like, get mad about the, the troll posting I do sometimes? Like, get the fuck out of here. Ugh. Yeah, it's a white supremacy hand signal. But they're, they'd much rather talk about the white supremacy thing than Jimmy Savile or <laughs> any of the, like, tons of child rape scandals that surround the royal family constantly. That's like their actual big scandal is that they're involved in all this, you know, debauchery with children. And they basically would take on any other scandal but that. It's another wag the dog thing. Like, you think they really give a shit about Meghan Markle? No. Of course not. That's why Oprah did the interview. Because Oprah and John of God, and it's all just a big part of the syndicate. It's all a big distraction to keep people from talking about how, uh, you know, the Duke of York here was raping children. You know, with Jeffrey Epstein. That sicko Woody Allen, who's an absolute disgusting piece of crap. Inside Woody Allen's close friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, Dylan Farrow's allegation that on August 4th, 92, her adoptive father, Woody Allen, took a seven-year-old Dylan up to the attic of their Connecticut country home and molested her. Inside Woody Allen's close friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. So, <clears throat> there you go. This guy, the, the Hollywood grabblers, the, the predators of Hollywood, they all roll together, you know. And the reason the powers that shouldn't be do that to these people is because these guys, they're, you know, Woody Allen is in a position of power where if he decided to, like, speak against the syndicate, then that could cause, like, real problems for them, Right. So they just promote people like Woody Allen into positions where he is because they have dirt on him. That's how these guys get to where they are. Like, if you don't have that type of blackmail on you, you're never going to get to the, like, fame and wealth of, like, a Woody Allen. Because they can't allow it. Because if you did and then you spoke out against them, they would be fucked. Like, it would expose their whole thing or at least... It would expose it to enough people where they'd be like, shit, how do we cover this up again? Oh, we have to run a whole bunch of stories about how it's it's totally fake news. And then anyone who talks about it, we have to use all of our wrath to censor and silence them on every platform we can. Just go look at what happened to Pie Fence. There's, a, there's an ankle bracelet on Oprah's leg front, man. No, I have not, I have not seen the Oprah ankle.